the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for being with us as we get started at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Wednesday, the day before Super Thursday. Uh, I mean, uh, the day after Super Tuesday. Does anybody know what day it is? Sorry, just channeling my inner frontrunner, Joe Biden, as we do indeed get started on this Wednesday, the fourth morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Yes, there is a new frontrunner. His name is Joe Biden, even though that might be a surprise to Joe Biden. He doesn't really remember, to be quite honest. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Yeah, that's that's the guy right there. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is not Reggie Hammond. His name is Joe Biden. Yes, he took control of the Democrat. Primary fight yesterday uh, on Super Tuesday, winning a majority of the states, including states that he didn't even campaign in a little bit, including Massachusetts, where Elizabeth Warren's presence continues to harm Bernie Sanders. Let's get into all of this. I want to give you some good news and some bad news as we react to this. And by the way, we have a lot of other reaction to this coming from some good folks. Coming up in about a half an hour, my friend Rob Walgate from MyVoters.com is going to give us an update on the delegate count and what it means looking forward, a little bit of a little bit of analysis of what has happened and a little bit of a prognosis on what is coming. So Rob Walgate will be with us. And then at the uh, top of the hour, the Colonel will be with us, Colonel Nathan R. Jessup. No, Colonel uh, Kurt Schlichter, actually, senior columnist at townhall.com. He will join us to analyze yesterday results as well but let me give you a little good and a little bit of bad we found out yesterday that the democrat establishment will not support an avowed socialist i think that's the one thing that we can say the democrats yesterday rejected socialism 
the Democrats rejected publicly branded socialism. I think that's what we found, and that is a good thing. They're very likely not going to be, there will, uh, will very likely uh, uh, not be, rather, uh, a self-described socialist on the general election ballot in November. So that's good for the country. See, people all over the country began researching socialism, or maybe re-researching it. Maybe some historians or some people, even if you weren't a historian, but maybe you do remember a little bit of world history from high school. Maybe you took a little bit of it in college. But it's been a few years, maybe a couple of decades, maybe three, and you just didn't really, eh, what was the real deal with socialism and communism and Marxism? And so you had to study a little bit. And for a lot of younger people, they never knew. And they've never been taught. So people all over the country began researching what socialism is and was after Bernie won the first three races in Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. And so they researched it, and they listened to people like me as I brought on expert guest after expert guest, eyewitnesses and survivors. Yeah, I'll call them survivors of socialist hell in places like Cuba and Venezuela. All right? And I did. I mean, I, I had on Daniel DiMartino, a Venezuelan, a former Venezuelan, and then, and then an expatriate. I had my friend Eduardo Hernando, whose family is from Cuba and escaped. Their expats came to the, and defected to the United States. Uh, I had on Ana Guzman, another former Venezuelan. I mean, I, I, I've had so many people on, and we and I've played clip after clip after clip of people who have firsthand understanding and knowledge of what socialism is. Socialism is. And I know that I'm not the only one. This is going on across the country, and people are like, holy cow. This is bad. And if we put a guy like that on the ballot and it becomes a, a, a clear choice between capitalism, free market, and socialism and oppression, yeah, um, American, Americans will never embrace that. So Democrats listened, and they heard people becoming terrified of socialism. From Cuba to Russia to Venezuela to China to North Korea to Nicaragua, People who were ignorant of history were educated or re-educated about it, terrified of it. The Democratic Party saw it and made a move. So the Dem establishment either paid off or promised Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar to get out and embrace and build a circle the wagons, if you will, around the only legitimate guy that can stop Bernie, the, the socialist Sanders, Bolshevik, Bolshevik uh, Bernie, um, build, build, or circle the wagons around him, and they did. So they embraced, endorsed, and indeed did circle and protect Joe Biden. Robert Francis O'Rourke, former Democratic candidate from Texas, also got in the act, appeared with Joe, said he's got my support, so any Beto supporters are all behind Biden now. And so they did what they had to do. They followed the South Carolina win that Biden got, playing the race card, and really, truly just trying to grab every uh, South Carolina African-American vote that he could get, did a great job of it, won that handily on Saturday, then got the support of the, uh, the aforementioned dropouts, and had a huge Super Tuesday win yesterday. So the good news is, the Democrat Party seems to have realized we cannot nominate an avowed socialist. We have to find somebody who, who isn't going to run under that label. And so they did. And that's all well and good. That's good for the country. It's good for the country that there won't be an avowed socialist on the ballot in November. However, now the bad news. 
if you think that unnamed socialism won't be on the ballot in November, then you are not paying attention. Don't think that because the Democrat establishment rejected an avowed, named, self-identified socialist, a man who is on tape and on camera repeatedly throughout the enti- his entire adult life saying he is not a capitalist and does not believe in capitalism, if you think that uh, their rejection of him means that they don't actually support socialism itself, then you really need to learn and you need to pay attention. This same Democrat establishment that rejected Bernie Sanders and helped Joe Biden to a Super Tuesday win yesterday still supports socialism, but just not when it's named. Think about it. Who, when, when was the last time they were successful in having a president elected? Obviously, it was the Obama uh, uh, administration in 08 and 12. Barack Obama was every bit as socialist in mindset and ideology using the same tactics that Saul Alinsky laid out that Bernie Sanders follows, Obama followed socialist medicine, which was what Obamacare was and was intended to be expanded to. Barack Obama was every bit the socialist that Bernie Sanders is, but was way too smart to say it out loud. And now we come to Joe Biden, and guess what? There isn't a ton of difference between Bernie Sanders, the avowed socialist, and Joe Biden, who is as much socialist as Bernie, just about. But again, wise enough not to say it out loud. What does Biden want to do? He wants to reconstitute Obamacare by reinstating the unconstitutional individual mandate. And Obamacare, again, is absolutely a step toward universal socialist health care, single-payer, government-run, quote-unquote, Medicare for all. He's not different from Bernie Sanders in that regard. Joe Biden wants to raise your taxes. He said so two days ago on the stump. And Bernie Sanders is promising to raise all of our taxes. They're identical in that regard. Joe Biden wants to disarm you. He just told Beto O'Rourke, you'll be my gun czar. Beto O'Rourke is the guy who said during his short time on the uh, in the D- Democratic presidential primary uh, campaign, said, hell yes, we're coming to take your guns. <laughs> he wants to disarm the American populace. Joe Biden does. Joe Biden wants to kill babies. He is every bit third trimester up until the moment of birth abortion rights for women as Bernie and Liz and everybody else. He wants to open the borders. Remember Joe Biden back in the uh, in the 90s, back when he was a senator? He was all anti-open borders. He was all about we need to strengthen the borders. But now that, of course, it's woke 2020 and it's orange man bad, and orange man bad wants to seal the borders, so he has to oppose Trump. So he's all for open borders. Look, there's not much of a difference between Bernie and Biden. The difference is between these two sets of killer bees, Bernie calls himself what he is. Joe Biden, like his former uh, administration uh, colleague, President Obama, is smart enough not to say it out loud. But friends, the Democrat Party is the Socialist Party. They just don't want the label. Bernie gave them the label, so Bernie needed to get got. And that's what they did yesterday. 
They must destroy him. And Super Tuesday went a long way toward doing that. They cannot continue to have people pointing out truths, like Marsha Blackburn pointing out what the Democrats truly have here is not a socialist that they're battling with, but they got a whole slate of socialists running on the Democrat side. Uh, no, we had expected that Biden, <clears throat> pardon me, would win the Democratic primary. The point is, you've got a slate of socialists running on the Democratic side. The Democrats are still shopping for who they want. But the point is this. You had Donald Trump getting just under 400,000 votes and Joe Biden. Biden and Sanders together didn't get as many votes as Donald Trump. Tennessee is Trump country. And uh, people are just so grateful that President Trump is going to be coming here on Friday and assessing the needs and working with the governor. I tell you what, I got off the phone last night. I'm going to stop it there because obviously she is referencing the horrific, terrible, awful, lethal tornado or tornadoes that ripped through Nashville and killed at least at this point. Uh, that we know of 25 people down in Tennessee. But to the politics of everything, considering they were a Super Tuesday state, it was really interesting what she pointed out. Republicans didn't have to go to the polls because President Trump is unopposed. He's the incumbent. He will be the Republican nominee, obviously. There's no point. Yet they took time out of their day to go stand in line by massive numbers to register their support for President Trump, and that, and more of them did that than came out to choose either Bernie or Biden. So that really does say a lot. But what Marsha Blackburn said that is of real great note there is, once again, there's a slate of socialists running on the Democrat side. And so Democrats may have appeared to reject socialism by 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 uh, uh, smacking Bernie Sanders around in the vast majority of the states yesterday with the Democrat establishment, circling the wagons around Biden, getting Klobuchar and Buttigieg and Roebuck and others to get uh, get around him. It may look like they rejected socialism, but the fact of the matter is virtually anyone that they nominate is going to be a socialist. It's just that the rest of them aren't stupid enough to name it and put the label on it the way Bernie Sanders is. Much more analysis coming up. What's your reaction to what you heard yesterday? It's going to be Biden. A week ago, week and a half ago, two weeks ago, guys like me, guys like you, other people around the country, were Democrats were saying, holy cow, Bernie's going to be our guy. What are we going to do? Hell, uh, Nancy Pelosi was, was forced to answer, would you support a socialist for president, which is the exact opposite of what she said uh, previously, and she said yes. Of course, she had to say that because it looked like Bernie was going to be the guy. Biden's campaign was dead in the water. We were all wrong. As Hugh said this morning, Biden pulled a Lazarus. He rose from the dead in South Carolina and then walked like a zombie through Super Tuesday. And the Democrats now have themselves a new frontrunner who doesn't wear the socialist label. He just believes in the socialist ideology. What's your reaction to all of it? 216-901-0945, Right back after this. Yes, indeed. 24 minutes after 9. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. 
It is uh, Analysis Wednesday after Super Tuesday, and apparently one day before Super Thursday, or at least according to the new frontrunner, uh, Joe Biden. I mean, I, honestly, I, this is something that we're going to have to talk more about as we get further into this thing, and as he really cements his, uh, his place as the future nominee for the Democrat Party to run against President Trump. But seriously, uh, the guy doesn't know what day it is. Look, tomorrow is Super Thursday, and I want to thank you all. <laughs> uh I wonder if his status as the front runner now will make it more likely that children will want to come up and rub his leg hair. I, I, I'm just curious. I wonder if Joe Biden, now that he could be the president of the United States, is going to have children all over the place wanting to come and rub his leg hair and watch it pop you up. You know, again. I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Um, okay. That wasn't an impersonator. That wasn't a bit. That wasn't made up. That was Joe Biden speaking uh at an appearance um over the summer uh, this past summer it, it's real it's it's honest it's legitimate and he is a nut uh let me get back to the issue about the democrats rejecting socialism because that's the belief that many people have this morning that when bernie sanders went into super tuesday as the front runner and the expected winner of most of the super tuesday states and did not it looks like a rejection of socialism Steve Moore uh, was on uh, 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 Fox and Friends and said that very thing. Uh, Highlight of this is capitalism versus socialism. And as a Republican, I'm not happy Biden won. But as an American, I think it's a good thing that the Democratic voters rejected socialism yesterday because Bernie Sanders, in my opinion, has some pretty crazy ideas about raising taxes to 67 percent, having the government take over the health care system. So let me so, just go over yeah. people just waking up. I'll stop that there because uh, Steve Moore is a former economic advisor to the president, President Trump. And he said, I am happy as an American that Democrats re rejected socialism. And I've been talking about this for the last two weeks on this program. Um, I, I, I wanted Bernie Sanders to be the nominee because I think it would be a route as capitalism would beat socialism uh, all across this country. Maybe the exception of New York and California. But I wanted Bernie Sanders to win. On the flip side, I did not want him to be within a you know Hail Mary of winning the presidency as a socialist. So I kind of agree with Steve Moore there in that regard. He said, as a Republican, I'm not happy Joe Biden won because he's going to be more fit, more formidable as an opponent to Donald Trump. But I am happy that Bernie Sanders isn't going to be the guy. I get that because you just never know when a miracle is going to happen, when lightning is going to strike. Remember, uh, President Donald Trump was never supposed to win. He had zero chance, zero chance of beating Hillary Clinton, and here we are. So anybody who said, myself included, that that Bernie would have had zero chance. You know what? We could have been looking awfully foolish if lightning struck and uh, and Bernie Sanders, the socialist, was. So I get what Steve Moore is saying, but I do not agree with the notion that the Democrats have rejected socialism. They have only rejected the socialist label, the socialist name. Bernie Sanders, let me put it this way, in truth. Bernie Sanders, I think 
would absolutely be their front runner and their nominee if he just called himself a Democrat and say, I reject the principles of socialism. I just want to help the United States. I want to make sure that people have all of the health care they need, blah, blah, blah. If he just ran under the same principles but changed his labeling and his messaging, I bet you Bernie Sanders would be their guy. But because he wears the label socialist, that's what the Democrats have, uh, especially the establishment, have uh, united themselves around and tried to... um and tried to stop. Uh, I shouldn't say united themselves around. They have united themselves and circled uh, Joe Biden to protect him from uh, Bernie Sanders. Let me get a call in real quick. I didn't realize I wasn't even looking at the phone screen because I got so much to say. Kate in Vermillion wants to get in before the uh, bottom of the hour. Hi, Kate. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Listen, um, I don't think people realize. I said this to my friends that this would happen, and I'm going to tell you what in a second. Uh, and it, it did come true. I, I had a concern this morning on some of the people being interviewed on television in the state. Uh, it was a Patriot Day yesterday. Yes, the Democratic Party has not had a lot of um, ratings on their uh, debates, if you notice that, because the American people on the whole are rejecting socialism. But every one of them are socialists. He's the least socialist. But every single one, the Democratic Party running for candidate for presidency is socialist. But the difference is, is we had Patriots. Uh-oh. I think her phone cut off. Kate, I just so you know, I did not hang up on you, uh, but I will take that as a sign that we needed to get to our news break anyway. But uh, your phone obviously cut off. I appreciate your points. Thanks very much. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm coming to you, but I am going to talk to Rob Walgate next. He is uh, from iVoters.com. He's got some thoughts and some analysis on the Super Tuesday results. He'll be next on AM 1420, The Answer. So, um, is this about being the Sultan of Swing States? Ooh, I like what I did there. 936. <laughs> I'm going to break my arm here. Patting myself on the back. Rob Walgate is the Sultan of Swing States. If anybody can make sense of uh, the outcomes of primaries and pro- uh, uh, give us a prognosis uh, of things to come in a potential general election showdown between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, I trust Rob Walgate. Rob Walgate is with iVoters.com as well as the AP Roundtable and the How Roundtable and the Public Square Broadcast Network. Robert, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. All is well, Bob. How are you? You you dig in the Sultan of Swing States? Can you wear that? You want to wear that as a? Yeah, as a... I can wear. It. Yeah, I can wear that. I always <laughs> take any anything from you as a compliment and wear it with pride. <laughs> it just hit me when uh, they decided to bump us back there with the dire straits. So I uh, had to run with it. All right, um, Rob Walgate. Bernie Sanders was clearly the front runner as little as a week ago. Prior to Joe Biden's dominating South Carolina win on Saturday, uh, Bernie Sanders was flying high. Even Democrats. All across the media, publicly, and certainly in private quarters, they were panicking. We're going to have to freaking nominate this guy. He he won the first three races, um, especially in a, in a comparison to how how Joe Biden finished in those races. He didn't just come in a close second. Uh, he was being destroyed. Uh, finishing in fourth and fifth place, and they were embracing or being forced to, to either embrace or figure out how to save themselves from a Bernie Sanders nomination. Then South Carolina happened, and boom, 
Uh, Klobuchar drops. Buttigieg drops. Beto O'Rourke jumps back into the public eye, and all three of them say, we support Biden. The Democrat establishment did what they had to do. They had to find a way to take a giant, uh, take all of the wind, let's, put, let's phrase it this way, to take all of the wind out of Bernie Sanders' sails and get somebody else as their presumptive front-runner, and they did so. They found it in Joe Biden. Were you surprised by Biden's dominance yesterday, even though Bernie still won California and got the majority of the delegates there? Uh, Biden is now in the delegate count lead and certainly has all of that wind that we mentioned that was taken from uh, Bernie Sanders' sails, and it is now propelling him. What do you think? I think this shows us how quickly things can change because Friday we have never been talking about it the way we are today. And I think we need to be careful as we look ahead. We know there's primaries coming up on the 10th and the 17th and things can change once again. But the way the Democrats have set up their structure, someone needs to get to 1,991 delegates and the way things are going. I'm not convinced right now that either of those two candidates can get there. And a, and a few thoughts on that are because you mentioned Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar dropping out. Well, the interesting thing, when you look at the numbers, you talked about Bernie in California, um, but many people in California voted early by mail. So Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar are getting between 6 and 9% of the vote. Same thing in Texas. But take a look at a state like Virginia that doesn't have early voting. Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar only combined for roughly 1.4% of the vote. All those people moved to Biden. Had they gotten out sooner, had they cleared a path, maybe Joe Biden would have had even a bigger night, as hard as that is to believe. Yeah, that is a great point. Um, Let's talk about somebody who did not get out, uh, Rob Walgate, the impact of Elizabeth Warren on Bernie Sanders. You know, she first of all, her campaign is dead, but she refuses to, uh, you know, to, to allow the casket to close on it. Um, she lost, in fact, she didn't just lose her home state of Massachusetts, she finished third in it, which is embarrassing. And yet, instead of saying, well, apparently this isn't going to be our time, which is the way a lot of them phrase it when they drop out, she sent a letter out saying, we need more donations, we need more people, you got to spend money on us because there's still a lot of states to come. And she somehow thinks that she can go from the bottom of the pack to being the, uh, the standard bearer here, or at least to get into uh, a brokered convention um how, what do you think happens what's your what's your forecast here do you think she stays in this thing much longer or here's my thought rob she made that statement last night i'm staying in it in order to threaten bernie essentially to say i'll get out but only if you promise me vp she's the john Kasich of 2020 isn't that mm. what it feels like just just won't go away um, yeah, And you look, and we talk about taking votes from folks, look at California. Uh, she got roughly, right now, it looks like 12% of the vote. I think Bernie would have loved to have had that 12% because that would have helped him pile on in delegate count in California. Right. It appears Michael Bloomberg's going to be under the 15% threshold statewide, or it's going to be very close. As far as Elizabeth Warren, you know, Bob, I think she feels that this is her last shot. I mean, it's easy for Mayor Pete to get out. It's easy for Amy Klobuchar to get out. They know they have a future in politics. We said the other day that if Mayor Pete runs for president in 2056, he will still be younger than the three candidates, male <laughs> candidates left on the Democrat ticket right now. Think about that. 36 years from now, he's still going to be younger than those three guys. Um, so it's easy for him and Amy Klobuchar to step away. Elizabeth Warren, listen. I think she showed who she was, in my opinion, 
on the debate stage when she went after Michael Bloomberg. She knows she can't win this thing, but she's going to do her best to disrupt it and have an influence any way she can. And I don't think she's going to take advice from anyone but herself and maybe some uh, but why would she want to disrupt associates? Bernie, though? Here's the, here's the question, though. Why would she want to disrupt Bernie? Bernie is who she hurt yesterday uh, in so many states, and she doesn't. She, she doesn't and Bernie like share Bernie. the same, but she and Bernie share the same socialist principles. They are easily the two most closely ideologically close uh, uh, contenders in this thing. So I just kind of well, figure if she if she thinks I can't win. Why would I want to stop somebody who believes in the same things I do from winning? And again, maybe try to work with him and say, you know what? This dude is, what, 78? Bernie Sanders is 78 years old? Yes. I don't even know. Yes. And, and he's coming off a heart attack? I don't even know if he can get to a second term. If I can get on his ticket, um, that's my easiest ticket to getting a, a nomination and a chance uh, to, to win the presidency four years from now. Well, Two thoughts. One, I don't think she likes him. I don't think she likes him at all, and that's evident by the encounter they had after the debate. If you remember, he, she accused him of calling, calling her a liar. liar. Right, they, yeah. they got into it right there. That's number one. Number two, I don't think Bernie would ever take her as a vice president because as, as out there as Bernie's ideas are in talking about Cuba and Russia and socialism, um, I do think Bernie understands that it's a board game and he must win the Electoral College and Elizabeth Warren finished third in her home state. What other state could she help in? Where is, even though that message may be similar, he's going to need someone that is able to resonate with Ohioans and Pennsylvanians and people from Florida. Okay, drop names on me, Rob Walgate. Drop names on me. The reason I keep saying that Elizabeth Warren would be a top choice even though you're right, they appear to not like each other, but that stuff goes away. We, I mean, look at look at everything that happened with Donald Trump and Ted Cruz in the debates. It yeah. was vicious, yeah. and Ted Cruz has been one of his staunchest supporters um, in his first three years in office. So that stuff can go away. Um, my reason for saying Warren is because I can't think of anybody who is a quote unquote moderate Democrat. Um, who would say, yeah, I'll run with you, Bernie. I'll be your number two guy. And who would Bernie choose if their moderacy flies directly in the face of his outlandish, over-the-top, far-left, Medicare-for-all, Green New Deal, et cetera, socialist policies? I don't know who he's going to find. The list will be short. But when you're talking about serving in the capacity of the vice president, that opens a lot of people's eyes, regardless of what the president's policies or the presidential nominee's policies would be. So I think some people would come to the table just based upon that. There's very few people that Bernie works with that have endorsed him. Patrick Leahy, a senator from Vermont, is the only senator, I believe, to endorse him. He has eight members of the House out of 435. Three of those are members of the squad. So it's not like he has this long list to choose from. I think his first goal, and that's why he wouldn't even think about the vice presidential uh, position at this point, I think his first goal is to get that nomination. Once he gets that locked up, if he is the nominee, people will come out of the woodwork to try and talk to him, to try and reason with him, and to try and get on that ticket. I do feel that because, as you mentioned, with his age, with his health, I mean, I don't say – in the wildest dreams, say Bernie gets the nomination and then Bernie becomes the president. Do we really envision him running again four years from now? Well, that considering would... considering a Bernie victory would have to be coupled with a Senate uh, uh, takeover by the Democrats in order for him to actually institute all of his socialist ideas, including yeah. Medicare for All. 
uh, because it will, it will hit that roadblock in the Senate. He may have to, he may have to run twice. He may need eight years to flip everything over and, and be able to enact all of the things that he envisions yeah. as he tries to destroy the capitalist free market constitutional republic that we are and replace it with a, uh, with a socialist communist, um, uh, 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 state. Well, I think that's where the play is. And that's in the United States Senate 2020. And that's why those folks do not want Bernie to be the nominee because they don't want to tie themselves to him. The Democrats have they have some wide goals and winning the Senate back is one of those without a doubt. And they're looking at places like Colorado and Arizona, North Carolina and Georgia, places they think they can get seats. It scares them to death to think that Bernie could be at the top of the ticket because they know they would struggle to win Senate seats in those states. And, and that's a major concern for them. Right now, the way it looks when you run the numbers, it mm-hmm. does look like it's looking towards a brokered convention. It's going to be interesting to see what Michael Bloomberg does. He has a lot of uh, well, friends and support in Florida. So is he going to hang around till St. Patrick's Day to get more delegates to have leverage? That's the other thing with Elizabeth Warren. If she has a few delegates, maybe she can use those as leverage come Milwaukee in July. Uh, give me a little more on Bloomberg. Um, uh, the numbers that I heard were he had spent prior to Super Tuesday a little over $400 million on television ads. Only television ads is all they're tracking, I think, and I could be wrong about that, and that he spent another 250 just on Super Tuesday ads in the states that were voting yesterday. So we're up to around $600 million, and that's just TV. And this is on Fox this morning. Doesn't count digital. And I joked yesterday and the day before on my program saying, literally, he is everywhere. You flip on your radio, you hear a Bloomberg ad. You flip on a video game, you hear a Bloomberg ad. You flip on Hulu, you hear a Bloomberg ad. I opened my microwave door, and I heard a Bloomberg ad. That's what I've been joking about, because he's literally saturated every single place that he can with his message. And he's got a total of what? How many delegates did he get yesterday? Well, right now, right now he's looking. He was in the fifty range. He's going to get some more. He's going to win some district or, or reach the threshold in some districts in California. But he had an. Well, what's the math on that? Six hundred million dollars divided by forty or fifty delegates. How much yeah, per delegate? I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's not going to keep that up, it, right? At the end of the day, it's going to end up being roughly five million or more per delegate when you add it all up. Because I think he is going to push that seven hundred million number. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that with digital. Uh, my 11-year-old son and his friends were quoting Bloomberg ads the other day because of the YouTube they watch, the YouTube channels they watch. <laughs> You're right. He is everywhere. We sent out a video we did at iVoters.com, sent it to a bunch of people. One of my friends texted me and said, I'm surprised that wasn't sponsored by Michael Bloomberg. And I was like, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's sponsoring everything. I think he's going to stay in it. Um, they said they reassessed today. Until at least Florida. He's got to see what he can do in Florida. That's where he was last night. That's where he's – I know for a fact he's been on the ground there for a while, meeting with advisors and friends, and he knew all along his only path is a brokered convention, one that's contested that he could slide in and claim the majority um, on the second ballot or if there was a giant deal made on the first ballot. But he would need the help of the superdelegates. He would need the support of the party. Um, and I'll tell you what, if that happens, I'm not sure it will, but, hey, everything's changed in the last 72 hours, so who knows? It's going to be very interesting to watch, Bob, to see the anger, to see what comes from Bernie supporters. They feel this was stolen from them in 2016. 
the rules were changed for them in 2020. I don't know why they changed the rules for someone who doesn't even claim to be a Democrat. He's an independent. He runs as an independent. But they changed the rules because of all the crying that took place in 2016. They changed the rules for him in 2020. Superdelegates can't participate on the first ballot at the convention. But they're going to they're gonna play the victim card again. They're going to say it was stolen from them, and they don't have the ability. So uh, there's a lot to be decided. I mean, we're, we're roughly 1,500, a little more than 1,500 delegates in. There, there's close to 4,000 um, that are out there total. So we, we have roughly 2,400, 2,500 left to be decided. Last, last thing, Rob Walgate, before you go. Um, March 17th is our Ohio. You mentioned Florida. And that's uh, that's going to be maybe uh, the break or make or break for Bloomberg. How does Ohio Democrats, how do, rather, Ohio Democrats decide Biden versus Bernie? What do you think? Well, I, I think knowing the tradition of Ohio Democrats, I think there will be a strong support for Joe Biden. Uh, Ohio, though, is filled with colleges and universities, and that's where Bernie gets a lot of his support. And I know there are people who are on the ground there trying to rally the troops and get people there. The other thing that comes into play, Bob, Ohio is an open primary state. There, I, I know re- some Republicans will cross over and vote in the Democrat primary. Some will vote for the person that they like the best, but some will also vote for the person they may prefer to see on the ballot in the fall for their candidate to run against. Rob Walgate breaking it down. A lot of stuff has changed, as Rob said, over the course of the last 72 hours, certainly over the course of the last five days since uh, Friday. Uh, it was Bernie Sanders who was uh, in a commanding lead, and now Joe Biden has risen to the frontrunner status for uh, for the Democrats. Rob Walgate, uh, check out his work and his team's work at iVoters.com. Make sure you check the entire Ohio ballot from March 17th. It is there. It is listed along with links to campaign websites, uh, to uh, Ballotpedia, and more. It's iVoters.com. Put in your address. Learn who and what you are voting for before you head to the polls on March 17th. Rob Walgate, thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you, Bob. Talk soon. Always a pleasure. 9.51. Let's take a quick time out here. And i got time for probably two or three calls before the top of the hour. Then it's the Colonel. Colonel Kurt Schlichter joins us from uh, townhall.com and from California, where yesterday the uh, liberal college students at UCLA, Santa, Santa Barbara, uh, UC Santa Barbara, and more, uh, all went out for Bernie Sanders. What does that mean? We'll talk to the colonel about that at 1010 this morning. But let's get you on the, fo- on the phones next, AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, and in addition to uh, the AM and FM signals, don't forget, download our free mobile app on your app store. Just go and search for 1420 The Answer. It's on the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store. Download. That's how I uh, I tell everybody, everybody who's trying to listen to me whenever I sit in for Larry Elder uh, in the evening hours after the sun goes down and the signal uh, is dropped a little bit, uh, I tell people, hey, if you want to hear it without interference, uh, great, great product is the app. It's free, 100% free. 1420 The Answer, and that way you can listen uh, through your phone or through your computer. You can also listen to whkradio.com. So many other ways to do it uh, without having to uh, deal with any interference issues you might deal with after the sun goes down. Frank is in Brook Park on AM 1420 The Answer. Thank you. Frank. Yes, sir. Here's a beautiful note to think of. Last Wednesday, President Trump and First Lady Melania issued a presidential message last Wednesday. Acknowledging Ash Wednesday 
and offering prayers for everyone observing Lent, according to Catholic News Agency. The Trump said in a message that they wished everyone observing Ash Wednesday a peaceful and prayerful day. Today, millions of Christians will be marked on their foreheads with the sign of the cross. The imposition of ashes is an invitation to spend time during Lent fasting, praying, and engaging in acts of charity, said the statement from the Trumps. This powerful and sacred tradition reminds us of our shared mortality, Christ's saving love, and the need to repent and accept the gospel more fully. The President and First Lady offered prayers for everyone who is observing Ash Wednesday and said they wished everyone a prayerful Lenten journey. May you grow in closer to God in your faith during this blessed season, said the message. Thank you for listening. Well, thank you my... for the call. No, Frank, thank you for the call. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's interesting. Um, morality is going to play a role in this election. And I love the messaging by the President and the First Lady on Ash Wednesday. Uh, I also loved TV personalities who kept their ashes on after their service and kept it on all day, including while they were doing the shows. For example, Martha McCallum comes to mind uh, on her afternoon Fox show or her uh, evening Fox show at 10 p.m. She was there. Uh, and so I love that. But to the point you're making about morality and the President trying to, again, rally and show his support and solidarity with people of faith, and I think that's a great thing. A lot of people point out that President Trump hasn't exactly been a beacon of morality and virtue in his entire life, and that is true. He was a billionaire New York playboy for a lot of years, had a lot of affairs, a lot of ex-wives. We all know those kinds of things. But it is it is important to listen to him and his messaging now because he is not trying to say, hey, I've always been perfect, but I am striving to share the, the, the right messages. And I'll tell you how important it's going to be. I'm going to share with you coming up a little bit later in the program a message from uh, Dan Crenshaw, uh, rep- freshman representative in Texas. Dan Crenshaw uh, has a message for those anti-Trump Republicans who think that they can swallow Joe Biden as the conservative or the uh, the, the never Trumper uh, alternative for conservatives. That you know, I can't vote for a socialist like Bernie, but I don't like Trump, so I can go with Biden. I can accept him as something of a moderate. And Dan Crenshaw uh, has uh, come out and said there is no case at all for uh, Joe Biden as a conservative. There is no place for conservatives voting for Joe Biden. Joe Biden and his radical abortion uh, uh, stances is somebody you cannot say, hey, look, I voted for the moral guy, and I can feel good looking at my God uh, having cast that vote. And I'm going to share that with you coming up in a bit, because morality will play a role in this election, especially for those who feel like President Trump is not moral enough for them, and they're looking for an alternative. All right. Uh, for now, though, it's news. And on the other side of the news, Colonel Kurt Schlichter joins us to break down Super Tuesday and more. AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.